Christ's command to his followers before his ascension to heaven was for them to be his witnesses in Jerusalem, all Judea, in Samaria, and to the uttermost part of the earth. Our Lord did not intend for the good news of his death and resurrection to stay local, but instead it was to be taken globally. In this third section of Acts, the adventure continues as the gospel is taken to the ends of the earth. Let's join Scott Pauley now for today's study. The most precious thing on planet earth is the local New Testament church because it is Christ's body. It is literally the means by which God is accomplishing his work in this world. And if it's that precious to Jesus, then it ought to be that precious to every one of us. In Acts chapter number 20, you find one of the most tender conversations recorded in all of Scripture. It is the last words of the great Apostle Paul to the Ephesian elders. He's leaving them. They're they're never going to see him again, at least not till they get to heaven. He knows that, and they know that. And he's not only leaving them, he is leaving them with truth that will help that local church keep moving forward. I think it's very important to recognize that the local church is bigger than any one person. In fact, this church in Ephesus, as much time as Paul had spent there, as much truth as Paul had invested in them, this church was much bigger than the Apostle Paul. We are all a part of something much bigger than ourselves. I repeat to you, it is not my church, it is Christ's church. So in our last study, we began looking at Paul's words to the Ephesians, and this word to the local church teaches us several things. Uh, The first thing we learned was that it is God's church. Then we learned that we ought to be grateful to God for true shepherds. If you have a true shepherd in your local assembly, praise God for him and pray for him. And then we left off with this truth that we must watch for the wolves, That's what Paul had done, and that's what he's challenging them to do. Let's pick up there in Acts chapter number 20 and verse number 31. He says, Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I ceased not to warn everyone night and day with tears. We must have the warnings because of the wolves. Uh, Before we go any further, let me just point out to you that one mark of a wolf is that they're always seeking to draw people to themselves. In verse 30, it says they want to draw away disciples after them. Sheep never draw to themselves. No, sheep are following the shepherd. So there's a great distinction here between a wolf and a sheep. And Then we come to verse 32. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. So let's add to our our counsel from the Word of God today a word to all of us and to every local church, and it is this, give attention to your own spiritual growth. Now notice Paul is leaving them, but he's not leaving them without resources. Their spiritual health does not depend upon the preacher. Their spiritual health is directly connected to the Word of the living God. Now that's a thrilling thought to me because we have the same Word We have the scriptures. And notice he says to them, you give attention to the word of God's grace. It is able to build you up. Wolves tear down, but the word, now the word builds up. 
And so as surely as we must watch for the wolves, we must get in the word. I would argue that if you're in the word, it will help you to be uh, discerning about error. It will help you to be sensitive to what is true. It will help you to uh, discern things that are not exactly like they ought to be. Sometimes while we're watching for enemies, sometimes while churches are even looking for a shepherd, uh, they fail to guard their own heart. I want to remind you that the greatest enemy you deal with is the one within, your own wickedness, your own fleshliness, your own sinful heart. And God has so much more for all of his saints. So how do we, how do we grow? How do we keep moving forward individually and collectively? Well, just look at verse 32. First of all, commit yourself to God. That's what he did. He commended them to the Lord. So commit yourself to God in prayer. Then build yourself up in the word of God. Feed on the word. Sheep must be fed. So feed on the word of God. God never designed it so that the flock would only eat on Sunday. No, we feed on the word of God every day. And as we feed, we grow. And then let the Lord sanctify you. The end of verse 32 says that God is able to give us an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. This is, of course, a reminder of our standing in the Lord. We're set apart. We belong to him. We're unique. Uh, but it's also a reminder of God's great and continuing purpose in our lives. And what is that purpose to make us more like Jesus? Uh, to purge out of us the things that should not be there, to form the image of Christ in us, to make us partakers of his true holiness. So church, give attention to your own spiritual growth. Uh, the great measurement in Scripture of a local church is never in its size. Uh, how big was the church at Ephesus? How many did they run on Sunday uh, at that particular church, we have no idea because that is not the emphasis of the New Testament. The emphasis of the New Testament is not that we are simply getting larger. It is that we are becoming more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And then one final word to the local church. Not only must we remember it's God's church and to praise God for true shepherds and pray for them. Not only must we watch for the wolves and give attention to our own spiritual growth, but please don't miss this. We must minister to one another. Listen to the closing words of Paul to these believers from Ephesus. I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. Oh, this is not just the heart of Paul. This is the heart of Jesus. This is the mind of Christ on full display. God's people must remember it is not just about us. The Lord has designed it. We all need the Lord and we need one another. It's a one another life. We exhort one another and edify one another and comfort one another and pray for one another. Uh, this is the Lord's way. Just look at these verses. Uh, one thing we learn from it is don't see what you can get, see what you can give. Paul was not a taker, he was a giver, and he, by his own example, taught them to be givers themselves. Uh, then he encourages them to support and help one another. Uh, he said, laboring, you ought to support the weak. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Uh, friends, everybody's having a hard time. Everybody you know is having a hard time with something today, and there are a lot of people right now who are very weak. Uh, there is strength in numbers among the flock of God. Uh, the sheep need one another. 
as surely as we need a shepherd. And so encourage a fellow believer today. Support them. Hold them up. And then ultimately, the greatest thing you can do for your church and fellow believers is exactly what Paul did when he left them, and that is pray for them. The greatest ministry in the local church is the ministry of intercessory prayer. Let me give you this closing thought today. When you're reading Acts 20, it's easy to get a little nostalgic and uh, almost melancholy because Paul is leaving and they are sad and there's weeping. But I want to remind you, this is not the end of the story for the church at Ephesus. In fact, in many ways, the best was yet to come. Do you remember Timothy? Well, Timothy's going to become their pastor. Did you know that four years later, the Apostle Paul would write them a letter that we now call the book of Ephesians? And in that letter, he would write, Ephesians 3.20, that God is able to do exceeding abundantly above all we could ask or even think according to his power that works in us. I want to say to you, dear believer, and to local churches today, this is not the end. This is just the beginning. But the child of God, the best is yet to come. The future is always as bright as the promises of God. The church is not going down. We're going up. Though no more scripture is being written, the story of the furtherance of the gospel is being written at this very moment, and we get to be part of that story. The heart of our Savior is as passionate for the lost today as it was just before he ascended in Acts 1. Will you get in on what God is doing in the world today to reach the lost with the gospel? This is why Enjoying the Journey exists to encourage and to equip you in the work of the gospel. Whether it is through the daily broadcast or the many resources on our website, Scott and all of us on the Enjoying the Journey team are passionate about people coming to know Christ as Savior. We pray that you truly will enjoy the journey, but we also pray that you will bring others with you on your journey of following Christ.